2: All right, guys, welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 401. Andrew is, I don't even know what, down under? What I don't know if uh, New Zealand is considered down under, but he's over there. He's on the other part of the world, uh, gallivanting through New Zealand with his new beautiful wife. They're on their honeymoon. Uh, they're out there for a couple weeks. So this week, bringing in a new century of... Uh, of Bronx Pinstripe Show episodes 401 is J.J. from Virgis Box. What's up, J.J.?
3: Got to give the people, give the people what they want. What's going on? Not much, man. You know,
2: this and that, a lot of scandal talk. It's like basically taking over our lives.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing else to talk about for the most part, like baseball-wise. It's just, it's, or uh, world-wise, like there's just nothing else that matters right now according to my timeline on any social media platform
2: it's funny because you start listening to other sports like if you listen to other sports shows or pay attention to anything you're starting to see it now bleed into other sports because you can't ignore it it's just it's so uh, i listened to um sirius Sirius xfm xm when i'm in the uh when i'm in the car a lot and it's bleeding into the other channels so you're, you're starting to hear from everybody because you can't avoid this this scandal it's it's uh it's massive.
3: I mean, I don't think it's as much as major league baseball wants it to be done or close to done. It may not even be close to done, so it's just like everyone's got to embrace it. You got to get those clicks. Because of it, you know, uh we've got championship weekend of football today and then there'll be the Super Bowl, there'll be Radio Row, so there'll be all these I would imagine hypotheticals are thrown out of like, what's the equivalent of this to football? Like, is it Spygate, or you know, what else? It's could funny it be? that it
2: all goes back up to the um, the Boston area at some point. It all circles back up to the New England Boston area.
3: Scumbags, these
2: bunch of scumbags up there. It's true. Um, so before we get into all of this stuff, we will uh, let's do some housekeeping, and uh, but we are going to go into it because that's what. Look, I mean, there are so many things to unpack here. And and I've kind of held off because Andrew's been out of town. We didn't do any kind of, you know, an emergency episode because I wanted to make sure that it was going information... to be interesting
3: so that you had me here. Well, there you go.
2: <laughs> well, and, and you know, there's just so much information that has come out that that it seemed like every, you know, 12 hours, there was a new big piece of information to come out. So I feel like having all of it at this point, even though baseball, like you said, you want, you'd think that you'd want to, this to go away. But the fact that they're dragging it on and still don't have, you know, anything decided or announced about Alex Cora, which is a huge piece of this puzzle, is baffling to me. So
3: I um, I do George's box on Tuesdays. Like I record on Tuesdays, and part of that I think for you guys to record on Sundays for this show is maybe a little easier Uh, compared to Tuesdays. I'm like waiting as the day goes on, like when's the right time, so I don't miss any news. I do George's box couple hours later core is out, so it's like I was like God damn it, it never stops this story.
2: yeah, I mean, I think it's it's definitely part of the game. It happens to us quite often we're in news breaks as soon, as soon as we hit publish. So, yeah um, I guess uh, I, I have a little bit of fear of that too it's gotten in my head.
3: you got to so, hope for Martin Luther King weekend everyone's everyone's done with discipline
2: the, the, that's the thing like also you would you would you, we talked about this before we recorded, and you made a very good point. If you're Manfred and you're the MLB and you're trying to get this one, like just let's move on because it, very soon pitchers and catchers are going to be reported. We're going to have grown ass men throwing balls to each other and baseball doesn't want to be talking about the scandal. It's going to happen. They're going to forever talk about it. But how about you get rid of all of the discipline, get that done in, in bunches so you don't have to like sprinkle it uh, throughout the calendar and, and just re-bring things back up again because that's what's happening. It should have been four thirty
3: on Friday. Four thirty on Friday, they yeah. should have been like, "Here's everything."
2: Cora is yeah, is, is banished for life. Yeah. Just, just say it. Just say it.
3: Let everyone um, catch a buzz and forget about it.
2: So before we get into that, let's we'll do a little housekeeping. Uh, we had some uh, a few site issues on the uh, for the game events. They are up on the site now. You can go and you can see all of our game events. Thankfully, sorry, it took longer than expected, but um, it is what it is. The, uh, the first one at Yankee Stadium being May 9th versus the Red Sox. Then we have a June 13th event. This is a special different event down in Trenton. We're going to be uh, doing some really fun stuff with uh, the Trenton Thunder and, you know, a lot of interaction in that game itself. That's going to be a good time. It's a Saturday night game. We've got a whole pregame for the – it'll be a tailgate. We're going to be able to meet rookie. We're setting that up, some picture ops. Uh, should I bring Susie on The field? Susie might, there may be a love connection there. I don't know. Look, he's a, a, a celebrity a dog, dog game. Or, <laughs> we might be, this might be like the, um, you know, we're setting up, we're setting the two dogs up for, uh, for life. Maybe they'll find a bond.
3: It could be nice. Um,
2: so that will be the trend game. That'll be something new that we're going to be doing down, uh, with the Trenton Thunder. I'm excited about that. Then June 26th is the Friday night Cubs game that we have. Uh, and then August 22nd versus the Blue Jays. And we're still looking at a road game in Baltimore. Um, I actually have now spoken with the ticket reps. Uh, finally, they've got back to me. I think they're ready to do things. Finally, seems like they're a month and a half, maybe two months behind everybody else in baseball. But is that very surprising for the Baltimore franchise? Well,
3: I have a hotel booked, and I think I uh, bullied Andrew into booking a hotel. So at a minimum, I think me and Andrew are going to be there.
2: Beautiful. Uh, but then the very first thing we have obviously is spring training that event is sold out we have 187 people coming to spring training that is the march 14th saturday game uh versus the phillies actually so i'm really pumped up for that it'll be in the bullpen club we got a lot of people coming um and we have some cool stuff we're going to have a house down there with a lot of the bronx pinstripes uh writers and uh this year we're doing something a little different we got a, a sponsor for the house. Uh, we've been kind of teasing it. I know you've been talking about it and teasing it a little bit on George's box, but we're ready to talk about this. Uh, we're we're going to be setting up a big party for after the event itself on on Saturday as well. So a lot of cool things. But um, but yeah, we're we're in touch and we're going to be working with uh, Sailor Jerry and and specifically uh, their Savage Apple. They have a new rum coming out, so we're very excited to be uh, to be partnering with these guys and working with them throughout the weekend.
3: Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We got a house. We're making some awesome content while we're down there. Um, I think, like, just as individuals, we're going to be there Friday night at the game. You know, it's not like an event we're selling tickets to. So if you're down there for the weekend and you buy tickets to that, like, we'll be around. Probably filming stuff, filming stadium meets, getting the season going. Uh, And then, yes. We'll be sitting
2: in right field as well. That's where our tickets are, at least.
3: Nice. And then Saturday, we've got, yeah, we've got the event. And then we're going to be hosting an after party at a bar that we don't know yet. But there'll be drinks flowing. We've got some other really cool stuff planned for it. Um, I think when you're a brand like us, when we're, you know, we're an up-and-coming brand. It's important for us to make the right decisions about kind of who we align with and like where we take money from for advertising and things like that. And when we got approached by Sailor Jerry... Our biggest thing was we want to partner with someone who we can get behind and who also really wants to get behind us. And based on all the meetings we've had, it seems like we may have found a good partner for uh, for a while. And that all starts off at spring training, uh, and it involves us all having some cocktails.
2: Yeah, that's a nice little nice little uh, perk of the uh, of the the partnership. Yeah. Oh well, I'm definitely excited. <laughs> we for could that. have
3: partnered with a sock company; it'd be a lot less fun.
2: Yeah, <laughs> socks are fun though. Just- <laughs> Teaser, there, the spoiler alert. There may be some new socks coming out in the Bronx uh <laughs> fan shop that I'm working on. So let's not kill socks yet. But no, this is a this is a good thing. I'm I'm excited for it, um, and definitely excited to work with the uh, the guys over at Sailor Dairy. So um, if you have not, first of all, if you don't have tickets for that, there's there's obviously we're going to be having this party afterwards too. So um, let us know if you're going to be down in the area so that we can all uh, hook up. But we'll we'll you know we'll make it public once the uh, the party is you know out there and we have the the event. Picked out and all that stuff, too. We'll, we'll obviously pr- be promoting that and letting you guys know. Uh, but we'd like to meet up as, with as many people as possible. So come come hang out. Drink some beers. Drink some uh, some some rum cocktails. And let's have a good time. Let's do um, it. Yeah. All right. Now, scandal stuff. Actually, no. I'll tell you what. Before we get into the scandal, let's talk about some Yankees housekeeping. Because there was a little bit of stuff. There was a little bit of stuff. Uh, Stephen Tarpley is no longer with the New York Yankees. That's something. Um, he got traded basically uh, for – this is a, another Jeter trade, another deal with the Marlins. Cashman's going down to the well. The uh, Jeter's stealing more people from us. It's just like another week, another thing that we're doing with uh, the Florida Marlins, who's Yankees south now, or at least they're trying to be. But we got a third baseman. Um, I don't think he's the third baseman of the future, but potentially, because you never you never know. Geo was uh, a trade just like this, right? Uh, but James Nelson uh, coming over from the Marlins for ca- and, and some cash. For Steven Tarpley, so he was basically uh, he. They needed room on the forty man. He was a uh, the guy that um, was DFA'd after Gardner was signed because Brett Gardner is the big news that he was re-signed for one year.
3: Stephen Tarpley, one of four men to start a game in London. You know, he's got a place in history, and, yeah, and that, that was... pretty much like sums up his Yankee career. It just in the minor leagues was a great pitcher. Couldn't quite get it done at the big league level the way we wanted. Yeah, you just make this deal because he was going to walk anyway. Like, you know, Nelson, James Nelson is a bag of balls.
2: But Gio was a bag of balls too. That's the beauty. That's the thing about what we're doing now is I like the fact that there could be that little... uh, I think that Gio, to say... Geo gonna, I expect every single prospect Geo now played, that I don't know of to become Geo
3: Shaw. Geo played Major League baseball before we got him. He was good in AAA. <laughs> We're talking about a high A ball player in the Marlins system. Anyone who's not in the Major Leagues at the Marlins system, I assume there's something wrong with them because the Marlins stink.
2: All right. Well, Luke Voigt was another guy, barely played anything. Nobody nobody cared about him. Boom, diamond.
3: Is so he, a, is these he, diamonds are coming. Is is Luke Voigt a diamond or did he have a big home run in the playoffs a couple of years ago and can't stay healthy? Like we're not Mike Ford might be That's our starting fair. first baseman. Maybe. I'm just saying it's possible. But you're saying you're treating it like Luke Voigt is also Gio Gonzalez, which he's not.
2: Uh well, the thing is Gio Gonzalez uh didn't pitch for the team.
3: Oh, Gio I'm Gonzalez. Sorry. Gio Urshela. Pichetta, I'm on a two, I'm on a two day hangover right now. All right. Yeah, he's the not Gio is- Urshela. And honest, I mean, Luke Voigt is a Greg Bird foot injury away from being in Scranton.
2: I think that I'm not. I'm not going to get into the whole Luke Voigt thing, but I think that um, yeah, the, the hernia was definitely something that was lingering before he had that hernia, which is a fluky injury. It's not one of those things that that you could say a guy is uh, is prone to. I don't think. But um, I think he was playing hurt. So I think you look at the numbers before that, and then obviously the, the second half of the year of the month that he was up there before that, you're seeing positive things. So it could be. Either I'm not way, saying Luke Voigt's a
3: bad basketball player. I'm not saying that like, we DFA him. Like,
2: why, do you hate, why do you hate Luke Voigt?
3: I'm just saying that he's not as good as maybe you're portraying and that this high A James Nelson probably turns into nothing.
2: Yeah, James Nelson will probably be nothing, but there's always that glimmer of hope now. Cashman has given us that. Uh, The other thing that the Yankees have done is they announced their 2020 performance and coaching staff. And this was, you know, we've alluded to this by talking about Eric Cressy and all the things that he's kind of bringing to the table now. And he's going to be the director of player health and performance. And you're starting to see like a lot of the other people underneath it, uh, underneath him that are similar in thinking, right? Like there's just a lot more of this advanced um, analytics and, you know, just, just. A different approach to the way that they're going to be doing uh, uh, strength and conditioning and and going about injury. So it's interesting. I don't know what else you want to take from that besides that it's interesting and it's a very it's a different. And uh, Steve Donahue is now basically like at the top doing nothing in the background, a director of medical services, which is basically like a retirement role. Uh, But it's a title because he's a, you know, a legacy at the at the organizational level. And they want to do the right thing by him. That's essentially what
3: they're just setting him up. So one day someone can walk like his wife out there with flowers for an old timer's day after he died. Um, For all these guys, this in a best case scenario, we read about this news now and we never hear their names again like that. Being on this on this staff, being on a medical staff is like being a really good umpire. You're doing your job the best if we don't have to hear about you, if we don't know your I mean,
2: name. That's true because no, none of us wanted to know who the head trainer was. You know, last year, uh, the the guy who's in charge of, of um, you know, making sure that people are not pulling their hamstrings. I've always, I've always thought that this was never going to be like a, an individual. This was never the fact that all that happened last year with injuries. It to me was not on an individual. It was more on the the system and and how you're communicating with us because guys leave, they go and do their own thing. Yep. They go to the Dominican or they go to California or they go to Florida and they work with whoever they work with. Right. It's not like they're under the thumb of the New York Yankees at all times. And the majority of the time when you're training for, to be a baseball player, it's the off season. You're not necessarily training in season. A lot of these guys don't do any kind of training. They just kind of do maintenance and, and uh, you know, make sure that they can stay healthy as much as possible A lot of stretching, a lot of just the like, preventative stuff. Um, but the majority of the training it actually happens outside when you're not under the Yankees watch. So having a guy like Eric Cressy who actually knows that world, knows those people, and can, you know, talk to these guys and, and really have more of a uh an umbrella over the whole thing and just kind of an overview, like this is what we're gonna be doing generally, and then communicate with those individual trainers, I think is really important.
3: I also think that getting one of the big issues that we ran into because like the injuries haven't, like, you know the hernia like that's a fluke injury there's not really much you can do to prevent that in advance it was the time to get the players back and whether it was we weren't doing a good job or we were giving or they were just too eager with their estimates it felt like every injury whenever if it was 2 to 4 weeks it was always that 4 weeks or a lot of times 6 weeks so we weren't getting guys back in a timely fashion and whether it's better estimates better rehabbing and all of that comes because of the preparation in the off season. I don't know. But that was the thing that really weighed on fans. And it's weird because when you really think about it, like the organization doesn't care that much about like what we as the individual fans think. But we see it on our Twitter timelines of everyone like, someone's got to be fired because, you know, they said two weeks. And why is Stanton not back yet?
2: Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't want those estimates. I, I wish they would not give those estimates. Yeah, just tell they me sh- when they're back exactly so tell me when they're when they're ready to go or they're you know almost ready to go and it's preparing or when you have to in the sense that they're going to sort of rehab and everybody's going to see them out there right like tell me then, because i i think that fans obviously like uh, we all want to know everything and it, it is important i think to have a line of communication with the fan base to make sure that you know but don't give anything definitive if someone's progressing and they're and they're working through things just say that they're working through things they're they're you know they're not where they want to be yet and we're going to have another report Uh, you know at another time don't give me a they will be back in three weeks just it just uh, expectations are massive and if we have expectations then we expect them to be hit bottom line every single time probably exceeded and um it's just not the real case especially when you're dealing with the body yeah it's an impossible Uh,
3: position they're in
2: so the the coaching staff is all totally solid now we're we're uh completely going into season full full staff and i'll just read it through Carlos Mendoza the new bench coach, the guy that's been with the organization for a while. Obviously Matt Blake or, uh, however whatever name you want to call him, a la Joel Sherman comes up with like a different name for Matt Blake every single time I think. Hitting coach, uh, they're that's staying the same. Um, Placieri and Thames still the same guys. And then on the base pass, we got Reggie Willets still a first base, Phil Nevin at third, Mike Harkey, not CC is staying with the bullpen. I'm very happy about that. And then this was a new one that we talked about last week, a little touch on. Um, this one's very interesting to me, and I think that is uh, kind of gone under the radar. But the new catching/slash quality control coach, Tanner Swanton, is a guy that's uh, another another rising star, I think, in the coaching ranks. Uh, he was with Minnesota, uh, has worked with a, a number of different um, college organizations or uh, systems. He's, you know, was uh, with the uh, Oregon State, I think it was. but He was in the Pac Northwest. He's just he's, he has a different approach to um, to catching, so I'm interested to see. That's one thing I'm definitely is it be different watching for from Gary's current
3: strategy of not catching it, of not
2: of not catching <laughs> and not blocking. Uh, yeah, no, I, it is. There's a lot of there's a lot of different philosophies with the way that he coaches guys up. I think that it'll be interesting to watch. I don't know them all uh, fully, but that's something that you know I think that the media will definitely hit on. Uh, you know what that relationship is and how it's changed i did see pictures of gary sanchez and we could officially put him in the bucket of best shape of his life i think so uh, i think that's strong
3: oh is it the uh pictures where aaron boone's next to him showing he doesn't know how to wear a hat at all aaron
2: boone that, you know, he's never known how to wear a hat <laughs>
3: yeah, um he, he
2: i feel like he experiments with different ways all the time
3: yeah i saw he had facial hair i didn't like it but you know I'm a I'm a proponent of the no facial hair. Yeah, I mean, I think if they can, as
2: you have facial,
3: figure hair. it out. Yeah, well, I'm not on the Yankees. Uh, sure, I'm a proponent of anything that's going to help Gary Sanchez be a better defensive catcher because, offensively, and obviously, you know, the last thing we saw was the playoffs, um, and we've seen him battle injuries, but like when he's on. He's one of the best offensive players in the game. Like everything he does, he he does with a a purpose and a force. Like when he swings, and just when you look at like arbitration numbers and you see that he's only getting like five million dollars and Judge is getting eight and a half million dollars, and those were like the guys at the same time. It shows that like the the defense is really hurting him. I mean, if he wasn't. Uh, you know, making some of the errors he's making, missing some of the balls he's making. One, he'd be making more money, but also I do believe that there is a carryover to the offensive side of the ball. Like when you're failing in one area, it's very easy to dig yourself in a hole. I mean, we saw Clint Frazier do it with his whole, you know, everything he does just from defense. I think it carries over for Sanchez. So if they can get him right, he can be v- very dangerous and get to stay there. Otherwise, he's a DH very soon
2: yeah um, I mean even if he's a DH like those numbers have to be it, it doesn't fit with the the way that the Yankees have uh, have built their roster. Nah. The, the thing with him and I agree with that like once you have I think that what I'm looking for is is his routine like how he's uh, how he's changing the the daily things he does, not not necessarily what he does on the field like I think that will be an end uh, a product, a result of what he's doing um, on a daily basis more better routines like the better training like those things. I'm interested to see how he's doing that and like what he's working on, because I think once that is tightened up, the rest of it will happen because he obviously has the God given ability to do this at a very high level. And yeah, once he has those things, and I think his foundation is a little bit better. No pun intended because I think that's where his problem is for, the, for catching as well as his footwork. Um, but once that, once that foundation is, I think a little bit stronger for him, I think he's really going to excel. Uh, and if he can stay healthy, uh, you know, I think this guy's a limit for him, but I'm interested to see how uh, how Swanson works with him differently.
3: And I, I think there there is a mental element too. I used to always say this about Pineda, because Pineda, when he pitched for us, was lights out at times. There were times when Michael Pineda looked like the best player to ever wear pinstripes. But if he gave up like a first inning run. He was a body language guy, and all of a sudden he gives up a run in the first inning. Shoulders are down; he's just slumping. Terrible body language. Game gets away from him, and I feel like there are, you know, there'll be a pass ball, and Sanchez has to run back and pick it up, and a guy goes from first to second, and then he's just all the confidence just drains out of his body because we, as a fan base, are ready to boo him for that. Uh, and I think, you know, like you said, if it's the building blocks that you know they put together in his preparation, get him away from that. I think it stops this spiral that then impacts the strongest part of his game.
2: Yeah. That's the thing. Like you have a good foundation. Then you can rely on that and know that the next pitch are going to be good again. Yeah. So I think that's, that's, that's essential to having that, that type of success and sustained success. So, um, potato, we used to joke about him. He was like the, the, um, the car sale guy, like, you know, at the inflatable at the, at the waving arms guy. Yeah. Yeah. That. Um, so he was, uh, yeah, he he used to drive me insane. But speaking of the twins, the other piece of news that came out with uh, with baseball that's non-scandal related, at least he's not implicated in the scandal yet, uh, in any capacity. But Josh Donaldson signed with the Twins, four years, ninety-two million dollars. That's twenty-three AAV. Nice contract for Josh Donaldson, who looked like when he was ending his tenure with the Blue Jays that he was done. Like it looked. I his body just even fell throw. apart. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't even throw from third base. They were still rolling him out there. Like, what are we doing here? Why is he even out there? So obviously he was still hurt, got better, uh, you know, regained his strength, got into a uh, uh, good playing condition, and then had a very good season with the Atlanta Braves, uh, and and kind of bounced back. So that's a big move for the Twins. Like the Twins are still the Twins. I, I, I it's hard for me to take them seriously. And yes, they have offense like that. They're just kind of like strength, strengthening a strength. They're going to hit more home runs. Okay, well, now you'll hit more home runs with Josh Donaldson also. It'll always be the pitching if the pitching is still, and I know they've addressed that as well, but um, to a point where they're better, we'll see. You know, It's still the Twins. It's a good move for them. They're, they're going to be a good team.
3: I think it's a good move for them. I I think the, con- the contract's a little higher than I'd pay a 34-year-old who – you know, two years ago only played fifty two games between two organizations, has a history of injuries, but the twin I mean, the Twins have made it to the playoffs. Uh, the Indians are on their way down. The White Sox are coming right behind them to, you know, compete for that top spot in the division. So you have to be aggressive in kind of holding on to that spot at the top of the division if you have the you know, the opportunity to. I think one thing that could work out for the Twins with Donaldson is they have a young team. Uh, you know, they have guys who kind of came out of nowhere, and some of them aren't super young, but they definitely got younger uh, in the second half last year with uh, a couple trades, a couple promotions. I remember in like scouting them for the ALDS, that was the big story is how they changed their team in the second half. And Donaldson plays well on teams that are like too dumb to know that they're not supposed to be in it. If you think about, like, his best years in Toronto, they had, like, kind of come out of nowhere. It was very young, very exciting. You look at last year, and then it kind of, and maybe it was his health, but he kind of dipped a little bit as there wasn't much excitement in Toronto, and they didn't have, like, this, you know... Chip on their shoulder, young mentality. And then last year he goes to Atlanta, they have that same thing and he thrives on it. So maybe that works, you know, from an added, you know, an attitude standpoint too. And all the stat nerds right now are like, are you really just talking about the excitement in the stadium being the motivator instead of his exit war angle?
2: Well, I mean, you know, I, I definitely think his health is probably a, a determining factor on that too, like a huge factor. If you're not feeling well, and then there's also like a lull in the team or the stadium or wherever, then you know, I think those factors play into each other. So when you have some excitement around it, new ballpark in uh in Minnesota, a, a, an exciting team, obviously the, the the fan base is excited for them. So it's gonna be he's gonna be a pain in the ass. He was a pain in the ass when when he was with the. Uh, with, with Oakland, he was a pain in the ass he was with Toronto. He's going to be a pain in the ass with uh, Minnesota, too. And he's going to hit home runs um, and, and probably uh, hit them against the Yankees. So And that the All
3: thing right. is, I'm worried. Now I'm kind of worried about seeing them in an ALDS because Josh Donaldson. They'd be like, oh, ghost of girlfriends passed.
2: Yeah, we'll still hit their pitching. though. That's the thing. Yeah. Okay. Scandal talk. Back to – I feel like we need like a bum boom, bum. Again, there's more scandal news because – This is the story that just keeps on giving, baby. It just keeps on giving, keeps on getting deeper and deeper. And I just saw something last night. I I haven't read the article or more in-depth about this, and I hope it doesn't happen. I really do. But I saw Congress is now trying to get involved with this and and like doing something. I don't know. There was a congressman that was saying something about, let's open the investigation up. That's just what we need. We need more of that. Congress just needs...
3: To stay the hell away from baseball. Like, I don't understand why, like, with steroids and stuff, they were just like, we got to bring in Rafael Palmaro. Oh, you want to get rid of minor league teams? Bernie Sanders wrote a... Worry about, one, the jobs you have. I don't like politicians in general because they're all... Like, Bernie Sanders has a job, and he's taken two years to interview for another job, basically. And then he's like, let me get involved in baseball, too. All you guys, just shut the hell up and go about, like the work you're supposed to do let baseball figure this out congress is just like I worry about health care or you know something like that we have a lot of homeless something veterans pertaining,
2: something pertaining to the country that is yeah. not that, that is not an entertainment piece that we all have well, which can have set, we can have like so this whole thing like yeah i don't want congress getting involved at all do your jobs stay out of this like we don't need politicians involved with what's happening here we have enough political politician types in baseball that are just chirping because they need to chirp and getting, you know, little softball lobs. We'll get into that. But, you know, if baseball wants to clean this up and they actually want to to do, they need third parties. They need third parties that are not the government, that are not baseball, but are some entity that can theoretically go in there without being bought or, you know, affected in some way uh, or tarnished in some way and actually get to the, the facts of what happened. If you want to do something like that, that can be done. But there's no reason for uh, our political systems to get involved with this. Anyway, this is something that we know is not going to go away. And uh, since the last time we've talked, there's been a lot of information that has come out, obviously, with the um, the penalties that have come down for the Houston Astros. We've been waiting for it. Manfred finally came down and and delivered these penalties. And let's walk through the, we'll walk. Uh, we'll walk backwards a little bit. So we'll talk about the penalties and some, some things that went into it. But... When you're looking at the discipline and exactly what happened with baseball, I got problems with it. First off, what it is, January 13th, these were handed down. $5 million fine to the Houston Astros. That's the max fine that, that, that they could have been handed uh, that are within the, the rules of uh, penalizing um, a team at this point. Before Which is rules do-
3: that the team wrote. They made <laughs> rules about how they're going to penalize themselves. Being an old, rich, white guy stays undefeated.
2: Forfeiting first and second round picks for 2020 and 2021. That's the first year of player picks, not not any other uh, of the, the competition picks or Rule 5 or any of that stuff. This is the first year player drafts. Uh, then um, Jeff Lunau and A.J. Hinch suspended for one year. I'm not going to talk about what happened after that because this is what was happened with baseball. Suspended for one year and... Um, Nothing else. No players were no players were suspended. No players were fined. The the team now at this point, right as the, as time stands still, their general manager and their own, and their uh, manager are now suspended for a year. That's what baseball did. Now what what was what was that what that real what really happened there? Because to me, that was something that Manfred did to to basically give the Houston Astros. An opportunity to save a little face, Jim. They, they gave Jim Crane an opportunity now to like, okay, we teed it up for you. Now you finish it because one year is not good enough. One year is not good enough for me or a lot of other people. Like I, I don't I don't see one year. You got a guy from from last year who was messing with the uh, the international pool money of the Atlanta Braves, banished for life for trying Lifetime to give players ban. money.
3: Try to give players money, you're gone.
2: Lifetime ban. You got Pete Rose. I know everybody wants to bring Pete Rose into this and Shula Joe Jackson from, you know, forever and a million years ago. But Pete Rose literally banished for life for for betting on the game. Betting on himself, but betting on the game. Within the rules, he accepted the penalty. A lot of things to unpack there, not going to totally go into it. But what this was, was a softball. This was an opportunity for now, the Houston Astros and Jim Crane to say, okay, they're suspended for one year, but now we're going to fire them. Because knowing damn well, if you fire somebody, I, I have a very difficult time seeing these guys back in baseball, especially Luna. I don't know how that guy's gonna have, be back in, in baseball in any capacity. Like he's not. He's he can gonna make gonna way go more and, money
3: somewhere else.
2: And he'll and he will do that, but he's not gonna be in baseball. Like you just he's untouchable at this point for any franchise to bring him in because he's a he's a guy that's that's organizing things. He's literally the puppet master. So how could you bring that guy into to, to uh, set up your organization after he just you know was. Uh, in charge of a, an, an entire cheating ring. AJ Hinch po- possibly could get another job somewhere, probably not as a manager at first, but he'll get a job somewhere. I guarantee colleges are already hitting him up, trying he's, to get him to go into
3: I don't know if you could bring him into a college yet. I think he's 45 years old. He can't be done working. I think he ends up getting a, he'll get like a roving instructor job at some point in like a year or two, because he's still got a lot to offer the game of baseball. He's yeah. young enough. He's to got put the map. On. He's got the yeah. map
2: where the cameras need to be.
3: <laughs> he, well, he's also young enough to still put on a baseball uniform and not look ridiculous, teaching people how to take grounders or whatever it is. And I think he just works his way through his system again.
2: See, you said that you don't think college touch him. I disagree. I think that a college, maybe not a major university, but you get a a um, a one off school or a school that's you know not a top twenty five program, but trying to elevate their status a little bit. I think it's it's huge, no matter what even if there's a, a scandal type that's associated with him, the fact that he's a major league, a former major league manager is an elevation for, for, uh, for recruitment. I think I still think they see that as a major league baseball guy and, and that the, you know people uh, will want to go there. Kids will want to go there because of, of what he's done. And the, and he still has contacts and all that stuff too. I think it's a, a program uh, booster for some.
3: Yeah. I don't know. Bobby, like-
2: Bobby Petrino keeps getting jobs.
3: Yeah, but, like, they they still paying him, like, millions of dollars. Bob Petrino still makes a ton of money because it's football. I just don't think being a college manager pays enough, like, to even get out of bed if you could just sell your rights to this story. Like, they'll just make a movie off this, and he'll make a ton more money from that than being a manager of uh, – Oh, he could do both. Double-A school.
2: I, he could definitely do both. And I, and I think that um, – I mean, they're paying a lot of people. They're paying some of these college coaches a good amount of money, even baseball players. But, um, yeah, th- it's just interesting because to me, what MLB did here was a cop out. They didn't actually impose the penalty that should have happened. What they did is they imposed the penalty knowing that Jim Crane is now going to then fire them and try to save a little bit of face because what does Medford do? He's trying to protect the machine, he's trying the to protect the because that's he works for the owners he yeah. works for the owners and that's who his interests are with so when you suspend these guys for one year and then line it up for the team then to to hit the home run and get rid of them and take the laundry out or take the trash out at that point what you're doing now is is creating a little bit of a pr narrative saying that okay we're gonna clean up and now they're interviewing like Shaw walter and like some of these old school baseball guys which is hilarious. And, and they're going to you know change the narrative of what they're doing. And now it's the Houston Astros that are just – they're not going to tolerate this stuff. So they're cleaning house and getting rid of these guys. Well, there's still a lot of people on that staff that were there that that were probably involved with this whole thing um, that are not going anywhere too. It's all bug of bullshit.
3: I mean the whole thing is Manford is – his job is to penalize his bosses to the maximum that his bosses wrote that he's allowed to penalize them and set them up. Like there's no, but the years, but the
2: year doesn't the year that the problem for me is the, I don't care about the money. The money doesn't mean anything to me. The first and second round draft picks like, okay, that's something, but you know what it could do. It doesn't affect the Astros next year. It doesn't affect the Astros in two years. It affects them in maybe five years, right? Maybe if they're lucky, it affects them in five years, but it doesn't, this does not affect the team in 2020 at all. I don't think like they're going to be in the playoffs. Maybe, Maybe AJ Hinch is is a is a is a guy, but maybe not. Maybe there's someone that's going to come in and do a better job. Maybe somebody, if they were cheating for three years, could have won two World Series or three World Series when you know what pitches are coming. Maybe AJ Hinch was gotten rid of because he's not that good at his job as well.
3: Maybe there's a little bit of that. The Astros are going to be in the playoffs this year. I think from like not signing their first and second round draft picks, they save like $7 million in signing bonus money. So they actually make out ahead with this fine and everything.
2: (laughs) That's funny. But I don't want people to think that that, you know, this entire thing was was brought on. um, The reason that they were fired, Jim Crane did not fire A.J. Hinch and Luna because they were cheating. They fired them because it was a PR move. They fired them because they had to, and they knew that it was going to come. They knew that this one-year suspension was basically a, a handshake saying, okay, now you finish the job. This was not about them cheating or the integrity of the whole thing. This was a PR move, and the fact that they're trying to sell it to us in a different way is insulting to, I think, baseball fans in general, and it pisses me off a little bit Because I know a lot of people will buy it, and they'll be like, okay, you know what? A one-year suspension sounds like a lot. It's not a lot when you see what happened. They won the World Series. They changed the freaking history of the game. The integrity was damaged so much, and they won the whole thing. So You cannot label a one-year suspension as every single team would take that and do it again.
3: So a couple thoughts here. One, if Jim Crane actually gave a shit, he fires them ten minutes after the first John Boy video. Like everyone yes. knew it was real, right? It was like, oh wow, this is like one hundred percent evidence. You guys did this. Um, I do, but, but think- they also
2: knew about it too before that. It's not like when Jimmy was putting out those videos. He was putting, he was working off of an athletics, uh, the athletic report, right? Basically, just putting that to video. And when you're looking at what they did to uncover this, this has been talked about throughout the MLB. You know, dugout and landscape and mediascape. Everybody knew that there were things happening. There was a I called out a uh, a Fangraphs report or an article from early in the in the year of last year in March of 2019 talking about culture. Everybody understood that it was harder and harder to find out what was going on behind the closed doors of Houston. They knew that there were there were certain things happening and there were rumors about different ways that they were increasing their odds to get better at baseball whether it's through all of this technology because that's a public thing we knew how many of these uh cameras that they bought the edge or whatever they're called cameras they bought like 75 of these cameras everybody else has like one or two and that's only some franchises these guys had 75 they're buying all this stuff they're buying into the technology that's fine that's one thing but there's also rumors about topical agents and I'm, we'll get into that too but there's a lot of different things that are going into this this wasn't a this wasn't something that was hidden from baseball
3: my thing is always like for the people who go to these games and I don't know like if it's different in New York versus other places but I get to a fair amount of Yankee games you get to a fair amount of Yankee games a year we're not there at every game but if there was a banging going on during a Yankee game I think I'd be like hey what's that banging going on because opening day last year they didn't play Kate Smith the Yankees hadn't announced the whole thing of, like, getting ready Kate Smith. And the entire stadium, everyone's just like, wait, where's Kate Smith? How come not Kate Smith? Like, <laughs> you know the sounds of the game, the sounds of your stadium. And it's just like no one picked up on this banging. Even just watching on TV. there's just like, where are the reporters, investigative what you know, whatever it is, people who are really trying to make a name for themselves to, like, pick up on that shit forever ago.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's definitely something that you'd think that you'd be able to pick up on uh, at some point through the stadium, you know, whether you're in the outfield or you're in the on the infield at Yankee Stadium, it can get loud, obviously, but during a regular season uh, game, in some capacities, like you'd be able to hear certain things like that. Yeah, and especially in a dome where sound definitely echoes a little bit more. It's a it's a little strange. By but the way, I, I went to Monster Jam
3: yesterday. I don't know if you've okay. ever been to a Monster Jam. No, no, I'm actually not White Trash. Yeah, I, I went. I went, <laughs> okay. and I
2: I was like, this is gonna be. I've never done this. I've never even thought about doing it, but Kemp's like a...
3: Kemp probably fucking loved that.
2: He loves monster trucks. Yeah. Like monster trucks are like his thing. Monster trucks and dinosaurs. So I saw that they were going to town. I'm like, I would never consider this. I'm like, my wife was out of town for like three days. I was trying to have some cool dad time. I was like, monster trucks, let's go. It felt like I was at the trap. That's what it felt like. I felt like I was at the trap and it was like, you know, all of a sudden the the, uh, Tampa Rays were about to pop out. Anyway, when you're in a a dome like that, it's just strange, an arena. It's not really yeah. even a dome; it's a freaking arena.
3: Next time, um, let him light some fireworks with like your cigar. That's another cool dad move. Yeah, yeah. No, Monster that's thats, when he's, is,
2: that's before I, kindergarten.
3: Okay. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think, and you've kind of put yourself into this, to, so it's to a certain extent, I'm not surprised, and I don't like—I don't really care that much anymore. I'm kind of over this whole thing because, like you said, you're like—you know—the integrity of the game. They—they they, they won the World Series. The history of the sport. We have like from a record book standpoint, like baseball has the worst. We had the you know the asterisk for Roger Maris. We've got all the steroids, like Barry Bonds is the best baseball player of all time. He's not in the hall of fame. Alex Rodriguez, it will probably be the second best baseball player of all time. Uh won't be in the hall of fame for a long time. So gonna happen. It's gonna be worse. There'll be another thing in a couple years. It was the strike, it was steroids, biogenesis, now this. I wonder what the next thing will be. So the thing
2: that, the, the, to me, the, the thing that bothers me the most, um, like, yeah, the fact that it's happened and it's, it's the, the arrogance of, of the way that it happened has, is probably the one thing that bothers me the absolute most It's the way that people have gone about it. The way that um, now that, Major League Baseball is taking people for their word all of a sudden like we're just gonna believe that AJ Hinch The things that he said are are actually accurate because to me It's it's a complete crock of shit like the way that he's talking about this You know, it's like he didn't try to stop anything but in the same breath There was a you know, you read the report and it says AJ Hinch Tried or showed disapproval by breaking two monitors. Okay, it's 2020 monitors I could get a 25 inch monitor on Amazon for like 100 bucks now. 10 years ago, they were like $500. You could get them from Alibaba, 10 of them for 20 bucks. Like you can get, it doesn't mean anything. What you're doing there means nothing. Like the fact that that is an outlash of anger and disapproval is a joke. So, the, and then in the same breath, talking about, well, he never actually voiced disapproval. What is that? How are you possibly breaking things, not voicing disapproval? Yet at the same time, you are showing disapproval by breaking things. It's contra- contradicting statements in the same report, and the report has holes in it. And if I'm seeing holes in an MLB-led report, that's the final report that he's, they're giving to the public. What the hell else does it match up? Because there's so many of these things that don't match up to me. And when I see these types of things in a in a fully sanctioned report that's coming out out of the public. Like, it's just, it doesn't seem like it was done very well, honestly. It doesn't seem like they were looking under every rock. It seems like they did what they had to do. They put in uh, stats like they looked at thousands of emails because it sounds good. They looked through Slack. They looked through all these things. It sounds great. But you know what? Did they actually go out there and really dive in? Because it was MLB doing it. It was MLB's uh, licensed people, the people that work for MLB that was was running this investigation. Not a third-party organization. So how much did they actually look at this? that's that's my question and, and I know they'll say all these numbers and say what they did. I don't believe it. I have a very difficult time taking their uh, taking their word for 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 anything but smoke.
3: Well, I mean that's any big organization. I think it happened when like when the economy crashed, you're like Lehman Brothers, all these. Uh, companies where it was like the government was going to start looking into them and they all tried to do like nah actually don't even worry about that don't waste your time we're doing our own internal investigation and honestly we couldn't imagine not doing the most thorough job at investigating <laughs> why we didn't do the most thorough job in the past so it's all like kind of a, a crack of shit I think it really just comes down to at the end of the day I don't know people are gonna buy tickets and go to games people are gonna watch the game on TV and, and they are there may be there's gonna be a handful of people that say you know, I'm not going, I'm done with this game, I'm not watching anymore. And they could go and they could hang out with the same people, the same 30 people who stopped watching the NFL because Colin Kaepernick took a knee. At a certain point, you just want to see people who are bigger, faster, stronger than us do a thing that we can't do. And whether they're doing it and they're cheating, like, this, you know, when we uh, talk about, like, steroids, like, everybody knew these guys were taking steroids. And then when, like, Real names and, like, studies came out. A lot of people were like, oh, my God, let me clutch my pearls. I can't believe that happened. Uh, even to a certain extent, like, the NFL, uh, like, my dad had recently told me, oh, I don't, really, I don't watch the NFL anymore, and I thought it was going to be, like, a crazy political thing. He was like, no, when you just see, like, the shape those guys are in now, you know, slamming their heads together, and it's like, how do you watch that and not be like, oh, you know what? If you slam heads with a guy every 45 seconds for three hours – There's going to be an issue there. So to be surprised by any of this, like as technology goes on, there'll be more and more cheating. And like there was a buzzer, you know, I, I, the buzzer thing is apparently very real, uh, from what I've been told. And from like sources that I spent some time talking to late this week, there's everyone knows about the trash banging, but then there's an inner circle of longer term players that, uh, Stick together, the Correas, the Bregmans, and everyone else in the clubhouse knew there was possibly something and felt like it could be real, but they weren't brought into the fold on it. So the buzzer thing is apparently very real, and now I'm just curious, what's next? Next it'll be it'll be a contact lens that's like Google Glass, you know, where you can that already see what happened. It's that
2: be. that kind of already happened. Brian Roberts was messing with these these. Uh, that, that's something that I've always been annoyed with. Brian Roberts when he was with the Orioles actually had these like. I don't know what they're called, but it was like an orange type lens that that could allow the ball to be picked up better, you know, more vibrant or whatever it is. There was some ability there that he was able to pick the ball up better in uh, in in the stadium. Um, And I always kind of raised my eyebrow to I'm like, well, that sounds like performance enhancing.
3: Yeah, but like, but, but okay. That what's the point of technology? I mean, there's a reason we don't pick up landline phones anymore because we use cell phones because they're yeah, better. That, that's true. And that's yeah. what that's what's gonna like keep going now. Whether there becomes like another sport where it's like open baseball, like you can do whatever you want, like make the XFL of it, let people take steroids and do all that shit, that's fine. But at the same time, all of this is really kind of covering up, uh, and no one's really thinking about. Mm-hmm are the baseballs going to be juiced this year? Like, that's what I care about because they juiced the balls last year for offense. Like we're always doing something to try to generate offense. That's why so many pitchers are upset because we're never trying to do anything to help pitchers with the game.
2: Yeah. I got some thoughts on that too, because there's some interesting stuff actually that I read uh, in a few articles when I started diving into the stuff, but um, just quickly uh, more on the, on the the Astros franchise as a whole too. I, I think that, the, the other the other part about this that, that bothers me is that um, again I think MLB gave them a a lob a nice little softball to, to hit out of the park. Um, speaking of softball, Jess Mendoza worst take of the year, and it's only January. Good that job. Was, she pretty was pretty much anything be... I say for the rest of the year now. Well, pale in comparison to what she said. She's an I, idiot.
3: I feel bad at times because I think she's overly criticized. Um, I agree with that because there are times when she'll say something like she'll make a joke. And then the rest of it, they just move on to the next thing. Like no, they no sell her jokes, which I, as someone who tries to be funny, is very, uh, very insulting. But this I don't was think everybody
2: gets the jokes. Yeah,
3: something. it's that's also a possibility. But this was her like trying to be one of the boys, and it backfired so bad.
2: Yeah, I, to, I, to me when I was looking at it and I was reading body language and just even the setup, I golic like, It's like I don't want to read this. I don't want to set this up. And then when she was talking about it, she's like, I don't really want to say this, but I'm being told to say it. I think she was an ESPN sacrifice personally. Like, I think that this was something like, go out there, it's going to get a billion clicks. Somebody knew that and told her to do it. Um, So we'll see what happens with that. But it was pretty dumb as far as far. Anyway, she was talking about uh, basically criticizing fires for coming out and being a whistleblower, saying that he should have never said anything. Um, But the thing is, when you talk about that franchise itself, it's a disaster. I mean, the one thing that really doesn't come up anymore, which I think is genius, because I do think this is one of those Irish exits that will go on to to, you know, one of the best on all time sports. Nolan Ryan disappearing into the shadows of the front office of the Houston Astros, just moments before all of the thing happened with um, uh, you know with uh, the assistant man, or the assistant GM and his comments towards the reporter and, and just being like completely insensitive uh, to there was just a, a very long list of bad things that were happening in that in that organization. It was just a, a terribly it seems like the the culture was horrible. And baseball addressed that. But the fact that Nolan Ryan dipped out like before, you know there were conversations about all these things that are happening. And I know that there was, uh, his son is also in the organization and Jim Crane's son like moved up and Nolan Ryan's kid was like kind of demoted. So there was tension there. But do you think that all these conversations are happening and not really getting to the crux of the issue with inside it? I guarantee they had a war room meeting all talking about all the bullshit that's happening within it. And there were just people going back and forth and now, now we're all going to, you know, different people are leaving for different reasons, not going to talk about it. All of a sudden, Nolan Ryan's not with the organization anymore. A week later, uh, you know, the assistant GM is thrown under the bus and fired. Then all the cheating things come out and the buzzing and the banging on trash cans. It's just a dumpster of a franchise right now.
3: I think you bring up some good points because I, as this season ended, I did think they're at like a turning point as an organization because they had gone all the way down, built all the way up. But like, is that window starting to close? Because guys are getting older, guys who are, you know, making no money are going to have to start to get paid. You went out and got Garrett Cole. He gave you a Cy Young type season and now he's gone. You're replacing that with Zach Greinke, who doesn't want to play in a meaningful game after June 1st, if we're being honest. And, you know, so there were a lot of decisions to make, and you wondered I, I wondered what was up with Nolan Ryan leaving because, you know, with the team still being there. But I, th- I think you're right. There's a, a tough – it's tough to say where do we go as an organization next. You know, you've got some tough questions to, you know, answer and not bring up, like, the most obvious thing that you all definitely know about, which is just banging throughout the organization. Uh, you know, it's – so it could be – very bad. You know, I think this is something that in like three years is, you know, that's when we see the impact. I think they're still in the playoffs for this year. I think they're still competing, you know, to uh, for a World Series. I think in two or three years, they're again a dumpster fire. But if you're the Houston Astros, like if I'm a Houston Astros fan, like I'm fine with what happened. <laughs>
2: Well, I guess, but that's the, that's the problem when you're looking at what was the penalty for, for this. And I know that there are, uh, they're going to be, you know, beyond circumstances that are are beyond what MLB imposed that are going to affect how this franchise is, uh, is viewed, how how free agents go there, how there's, there's, there's things that are going to linger for sure. And it's going to affect the franchise. But when you're telling me that the owner did not know about any of this, or the general manager did not know. Know about any of this. It's insulting to me because there's just no possible way that's true. There's just no possible way that's true. There were emails sent to scouts talking about cheating, for God's sakes. They had front office people involved in it. How do you not know that as a general manager? How do you not? uh, Also, he doesn't, he gets the. you know, the warnings from MLB and, and talking about all this, the cheating stuff. And it doesn't forward that to the team to tell them, you know, what are the new sanctions and what the new rules are and all these things and why were there slaps on the wrist Like there was just, the communication wasn't there because they knew they were cheating. They knew what this thing was happening. Like the fact that you're telling me that they didn't know is insulting to me. And the fact that Manfred set them up for to hit the ball, um, literally he knew the pitch because it was a one-year suspension. So kind of ironic in that sense. Uh, just to get a little bit of a PR uh, bump is just complete horseshit. And if I'm an Astros fan, I'm insulted by that, too.
3: So but here's the thing. You say that as Scott Ryan with X amount of followers online uh, with, you know, this platform uh, with 27 rings already. Well, 26 rings and a pocket watch. <laughs> but for the average person who is an average fan, who's not on Twitter arguing with other fan bases, who when they if they're even on Twitter, they're pretty much yelling into a vacuum. If I'm a Houston Astros fan, I still, I have my ring. They're not taking that back. I have all the memories. I have all the beers that I drank down at Minute Maid Park and the good times with my dad or uncle or, you know, whatever it is. Like, no one's taking those away. And I probably, until I went to college, I never met a Red Sox fan. Like, these people probably aren't, like, you're not interacting with other fan bases, so it doesn't really matter. Like, you still won your championship, and... I think for people to be like, I can't believe that they did this. Like, this is a a league that's biggest thing is it's antitrust exemption. Like, we talk about that. Like, we talked about the government being involved in it early. They can get away with, like, anything they want. They get rid of minor league teams. They pay minor leaguers, like, no money. So I think for people to say, one, I can't believe this happened right after the steroids stuff, like, this happened in general, is like, what, are you crazy? But then also that, like, the penalties would be so small... This is always going to happen. They're a big evil empire, but in a couple of weeks, there's going to be grown men playing catching shorts and t-shirts in Florida, and I can't wait for it. Um, so there were obviously a lot more
2: things that happened. The the it was just the beginning when this when the report came out um, about the entire thing from baseball when we saw what they you know what led with their investigation and all the details from that. There were multiple other things that came out. In it, they, they basically cited that A.J. Hinge and Lena were not the guys in charge of this thing, but it was practically orchestrated by Alex Cora and, and Beltran. They were the guys really that took the majority of the, the blame as far as being the ringleaders, as far as the guys that were setting up systems and things like that. Um, and in the wake of that, what you see is the Red Sox go and uh, fire Alex Cora, essentially. Him saying that, going to be a distraction, going to leave, basically got to walk away. Red Sox. Uh, given an opportunity to do that, he's gone. After days and days, the beautiful thing about this, when you look at how, how unbelievably, uh, <laughs> it's just hilarious to me that the Mets got involved with this in some capacity, but they did. They put themselves square in the middle of one of the biggest scandals in baseball history by hiring Carlos Beltran, by not doing their due diligence about this entire thing, which is lunacy to me, uh, by hiring him and then now letting him go because of all of the aftermath uh, and once this came out, there were more things about buzzers, more things about Beltron. We had fake nieces going on Twitter talking about Beltron and, uh, knowing like all the ins and outs of his behind the scenes stuff. And obviously the person who ever runs that account is somebody in the know, not the, not the person they claim they are, but it's somebody who has information because they knew that Bellatron was going to get hired by the Mets and they also knew he was going to get fired by the Mets. So there's a lot of information that was coming out of that, um, I think one of the best recaps of the entire week of baseball, which was just a a crazy week, was this girl was actually a Mets fan put together that Mean Girls video. Do you see that? Yeah, the uh, that's hilarious. It was hilarious in the way that uh, she she put that thing together, uh, and it was a good summary of what happened all week long.
3: I mean, classic Mets to hire a manager like they for Mets fans like they got Beltran, who was aside from that one curveball, like he was their guy. Like Mets fans love Beltran. They're getting new owners. This is it. The tides of turn are like, you know, tides of change are turning, whatever it is. And now they don't have a manager. Spring training's in a couple of weeks. They have to go, like, to the trash heap and, like, maybe get Eduardo Perez out of the ESPN studio uh, to come in and take this, this job. And it'll go away, like, for them faster, but... I will say, like Beltron's, when this whole thing came out, looking at guys who were on this team, like Beltron, being on the team was a surprise, and then to hear how involved he was 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 a surprise because he's always come across as like a really stand-up guy. But you know, he signed with Houston uh, at the in December 2016, and we all said like, oh, well, he's ring chasing. It turns out he was really ring chasing there. He was willing to do whatever it takes, but for. Both the Red Sox. So the Red Sox. Already- he, did gu-
2: he then felt guilty. By the way, and gave James Paxton a little bit of a tip uh, because you know they had a really good view of what he was doing. So like I, I feel bad that we know what's coming. So I'm going to tell you some of your mechanic problems too. That was yeah. a, that was a guilty
3: conscience. Probably, yeah, probably a hundred percent. But you know. For the Red Sox, there had been stuff that happened in twenty seventeen already with them with the Apple Watches. Their name had been thrown around it. Like getting rid of Cora was the only option they have there. And then for the Mets, there apparently Beltron believed that if he can just get to spring training, he's two weeks into spring training away from this being done. Like no one really pays attention to it anymore. Right. But if you're trying to like turn the page like let's say the Mets went on a run and get to a, like a World Series this year everyone's gonna be like oh well were they cheating because you've got Beltran coming straight off this it was I did but find, let me ask you
2: a question on that like do they do if you're a Mets if you're the Mets and he's good baseball wise for your team do you care I wouldn't care I, I would think not Met, fired, I don't I think would Met, not have fired Carlos Beltran
3: I don't think Met fans themselves care Uh, but I think their ownership group can be pushed around very easily by the media.
2: Yeah, well, we obviously now know, even though money is coming into that franchise soon, the guys that are actually still pulling the strings that look like puppets within that deal, um, they're still pulling the strings. It seems like they they just make they make moves based on, yeah, knee jerk reactions. It's it's a, yeah. it's a strange thing. Well, those guys, I, the will Pons just want to. W- the
3: the Wilpons just want to win the World Series with someone else's money. Like that's why they have that like five years that they still get to run the team. It's so dumb. With someone else's money. Um, but yeah, like you, you've got to get rid of these guys. I think I core, you definitely have to get rid of, and it's actually kind of perfect because the red Sox are talking about trading David price. JD Martinez may opt out again. They're dealing with all that. Now this makes it so easy for them to burn it down. Like deal, you know, get rid of Mookie, bring in prospects, like start. They just won a world series. They have like, you know, a 10 year window to win another one before fans start to get really antsy as we are. And like, this is the perfect way to go into that rebuild.
2: Yeah. Can we get we need to get every uh, teenager now looking at uh, YouTube videos of the Boston Red Sox 2018 playoff run and all the celebrations and all those things you're looking for you know, devices and, and banging things. But, like, why?
3: Stuff. What's that do for us? It's just, like, because now we're just fun. getting upset over things we can um... No, we want to
2: lynch Steve Pierce because we want to make sure that Steve Pierce, you know, we, 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 we find out that Steve Pierce, Steve Pierce actually knew all those breaking pitches were coming and, and hit them to the moon. He wasn't sitting on them because he was, you know, a good baseball player. Just saying. Yeah.
3: You know, I, I'm, I'm just, like, until there's, like, until someone gives me the picture of, like, the buzzer, on them, like until Beltrons and the whole Beltrons niece thing is amazing because there was that. There was another account that was defending him that it was like whatever his like middle name's Ivan or Ivan. Yeah, so it was that. like fifteen Ivan whatever. And so now we're beyond the burners to like now we're at like burners burners like people as just regular people, citizens and fans are trying to set up baseball players and professional athletes to look like they are creating burners like that's how far (laughs) we've gotten with social media but yeah the niece is the niece is probably probably a player probably someone who was on houston either now or was on houston or is very closely tied to houston um i don't think this is done but like it's not done there's no i'm ready for people uh i'm ready for people who just be out there playing catch in florida
2: yeah no i'm excited for that too um And it'll be because the the really interesting thing, too, is that these guys just had (laughs) FanFest. The timing of that is unbelievable. The fact that these guys now have to be celebrated by their fans to come in and talk about it. And you see Bregman going out and just giving like the Marshawn Lynch report uh, response. uh, You know, I'm just here not to get fined, basically. Just talking a canned answer saying that Manfred did this, baseball did this, uh, and I'll leave it at that. So they're not really talking about it. It was also
3: Sox winter weekend, too. Yeah, there
2: were a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, people got thrown out for talking about it. So I think that we're we're seeing the. uh, You said maybe the the um, the niece account of Beltran is actually a player. That's interesting. It could be somebody obviously in the know, a player, uh, a spouse of a player, a friend of a player, someone on an inner circle, someone of that capacity. But some of these guys are coming out and speaking on this. Uh, Trevor Bauer is definitely one of the guys who's been more outspoken. I mean, he's alluded to the fact that they've been cheating for a while now. He's had Twitter, little Twitter arguments with Bregman uh, going back and, and Colin McHugh and some of these other kids. Uh He's definitely jabbed with them uh, when he was with the Indians. So there's there's definitely something that he knows or at least heavily suspects what's happening. And I think that the Trevor Bauer interjection is interesting to me because I think it, it keys on a couple of different areas that, that I'm a little worried about personally. Um,
3: also Trevor Bauer is a psycho. So like what you're talking about, like, so we need some teenagers to like maybe go through. I could picture him with like, just like swordfish where they had in the movie, Swordfish all those monitors and he's got everything going. Cause like Trevor Bauer may just solve this whole thing himself.
2: Trevor Bauer probably has a call, has a call center, like a call bank in Pakistan where he's got. 15 to, to 50 uh, people just combing through video right now, looking for certain things.
3: Yeah, he's I got... He buys, I'm surprised he hasn't put out like a tips line. <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, but, you know, he's going about talking about the spin rate too. Like to me, that is one of the other things... Uh, I talked about this a long time ago. When I'm looking at the Astros, when it first came out that they were cheating with the banging of the of the trash cans and throwing the pitches. Okay, okay so you cross the line there. Where else have you crossed the line? Because what I'm looking at is I got I got three individual people specifically. You look at uh, Garrett Cole. You you look at Justin Verlander. Um, and uh, who's the uh, third? I can't think of his name right now. came over from also from Pittsburgh is now with uh, Tampa Bay. Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton came over. all significant increase in their spin
3: rates. Well, I can and tell you, Garrett Cole's clean on this one. I've done this I've is done my due diligence.
2: This is what's what's worrying me a little bit and, and not to say that I don't think he's an all-world pitcher because I think he is. But I do think that there's something that, that, that will probably at some point come out with uh, what's happening and uh, with their pitchers and spin rate, because Trevor Bauer is alluding to the fact that they're using some kind of a topical agent, uh, a substance that they could get a better grip and, and increase the spin rate on the ball. That it just doesn't happen the way it happens. Um, so whatever, that's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, when I was when I was looking more into this, I, I found an article that was um, really had nothing to do with anything. It was it was from Rich Hill and, and Brendan McCarthy when the, with the Dodgers talking about the blisters. And I thought this was very interesting because the blister problem, if you look back uh, last year, uh, not 2019, 2018, there was a significant tick up in blisters in guys who got blisters in baseball. And the reason they were saying it happened was because the seams on the baseball were raised, which is completely conflicting to the point of what was happening last year where guys were saying the, the seams were not raised. So are we actually talking about balls that were juiced or are they not juiced? Or are the seams raised or are they not raised? Because when you're talking to these guys, you're saying different things and you're hearing different things. And I'm very confused about this whole this whole thing, whether the balls are getting... I have a jet going over me right now. It's yeah, I was going
3: to say, did you move to an airport? I've done so many conference calls with you, podcasts. I've never heard that.
2: It's a naval airship. Oh. That is a jet. Um, so when you have blisters... If you could, if you are showing a long-standing problem with this, you could get uh, the the TUE, which is a therapeutic use exemption. I know everybody's talking about this now. It's become a buzzword because of the whole um, uh, oh, Mike Trout. Trout thing, which is complete horse. Just, I, like I'm not even getting into that. But there is an exemption list. Everybody knows that. Uh, What's his face had it for? Uh, Chris Davis had it for Adderall. He had an exemption. Because well, so that's of what Adderall. I was
3: going to say. If you look at, I forget the numbers because I I didn't probably prepare enough, but I it's like three percent of like regular people or even less have like ADHD or ADD and need Adderall. Yeah. But in baseball, it's like twenty seven percent of people right. have that. So it's like we're they're doing it one way or the other. There's always something with these therapeutic uh, use exemptions.
2: Exactly, and, and you're looking, and that's every sport too. I was watching the, the Aaron Hernandez documentary too, and they're talking about all these banned shots for for football that these guys are still getting uh, for for whatever reason. Um, but at the end of the day, they're trying to get their guys ready to perform at a high level, and that's what's happening. And they're trying to find any advantage possible. So uh, Rachel was talking about the fact that it's a, whether it's a band aid or you have an exemption to put super glue or one of those like you know those uh, those those covers on, on a cut. It's just very interesting the fact that they are now looking at, uh, you know, these blister guys, potentially topical agents that were, you know, exemptions to to help the skin feel faster. I don't know. All I know is they're looking at things to stop that. And I think down the road, if you want to go down a complete uh, spiral, I guarantee they're experimenting with different lotions and and different uh, agents to get that ball coming off your fingers differently. And if you don't think that Houston Astros were on the forefront of something like that too... I got a bridge to sell you because everything that these guys have shown is that they're looking and all avenues to try to get better in one way or another, whether it's, uh, you know, your, your ethics and your morals are involved, or they're completely out the window. They're looking at it. And I guarantee the fact that these guys also have increased in spin rate. Yes. I, I'm sure technology helped with that a lot. Wouldn't be surprised if there was something else too. I really wouldn't. And I just, I, that, that's the only thing that I don't ever, I don't want to hear anything about, uh, regarding any of these pictures because uh, it'll it'll disrupt the flow of what's happening right now with the Yankees
3: um, I, yeah I mean I think there's just a, a there's a ton of these because there are guys who can't who are having a hard time you know getting their wife pregnant so they're taking stuff like you yeah. can' get by taking this stuff I to a certain extent look at it and I, the big thing's always like how are you an example for children you know your role models or like you know the record books which The record books Major League Baseball has just shown do not matter. Like, the record books, time and time again, they've shown that it doesn't matter. You can now take testosterone or HGH and things like that in a very safe manner. It used to be, what are the long-term effects on steroids? But now, like, we know what they are. Doctors are very on top of it. You've got regular people like Joe Rogan, you know, talks about it all the time. Hormone replacement therapy, all this stuff. Like... Let's just open up the gates and just let everyone do whatever they have to do as adult men. And then we don't have to worry about all these things later down the line.
2: The the record book, which was once a hallowed piece of, uh, you know, literature, the, the book that was the probably the most it was definitely the most, you know, storied book in any of sports like that that sports book is the one that the stats for baseball was the one that was covered the most and yes when when steroids happened that kind of uh, threw that thing out the window basically and and now pandora's box has been opened up with the amount of things that are affecting that um so yeah it is what it is and i i know there are things happening now at lower do- people are dosing LSD to try to pay to, to be able to like work better in the, during the day. Like there are things like that that are happening in real life. You're walking past people who are doing these things every day uh, when you're, when you're going to work. So, you know, whether you're opening it up, whether you're saying that there, there's a significant advantage, whether it's a contact lens, a topical agent, uh, pine tar, you know, a camera, all these things, if you're opening it up, then open it up but it's, I don't think you could do that because there's just so many other ways that, that it could be taken and then there's no line. It's just, it's, to me, that's too difficult to do. When, when give you're everyone talking buzzers. About, When you're talking about a competitive balance, you can't give, do it.
3: Give everyone buzzers and then it's just a buzz off. They just got buzzed. Now you're buzzed. Why, Who's throwing okay, so what?
2: Why don't, why don't we just hit up the ball off of a tee then? Why not just putting a pitching machine out there that throws 95 miles an hour down the center of the plate and have a home run, Derby? What's the point?
3: When do you th- that's what it's going to become. When do you think Bregman, Altuve, Correa eat one in the ribs, if not the head? Spring training,
2: soon. Um, I don't know about spring training. I think it won't matter as much in spring
3: training. See, I would think spring training. So you just get your suspension. Like, hey, I did this in spring training. I'm suspended for spring training games.
2: So, do you think that there's going to be multiple like Ryan Dempsters out there going after going after these guys? Like, like uh, Dempster went after a Rod.
3: Yeah. You know, I think this is, I, at the end of the season, I think a guy like Bregman, who's like kind of a dickhead.
2: He's is, definitely, they're all arrogant on that team. There's the level of arrogance. It's different.
3: You're going to be, they're going to be eating them in the ribs. I think a lot because listen, Hey, it's late in the game. We're up three. We're down three, whatever it is. We bring in a reliever or we're about to take a guy out. Yeah. Just hit Bregman. No one's on. It's two outs. Might so, as you well. It's,
2: there's there's the old school mentality uh, about this, and I think uh, Peter Gammons, who's been on fire on Twitter lately, he's been all over the damn place. We talked about this, and I think there's a there's a level of this that's that's definitely um, you know old guyish and and like looking at the old school and and the way that things it's not what's happening now, but there's a level of this that 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 did work, uh, and that's po- uh, players policing the game from within, and I think that is a real thing, and that that it should be a real thing. Um, whether it's hitting a guy or brushing the back or like, oh, you know, I'm going to throw a fastball. But do you know that it's going to go into your ribs? Like, I, okay, you know a fastball is coming, but do you know that it's going to be, you know, at your knee or something like that? Like, Mike Clevenger not, throws
3: hard and he's pissed.
2: Clevenger is pissed off. Like, that was a great video of him talking about getting a, getting a tattoo as well. The But the thing is, is like, yes, it could be policed from within to an extent. You know that that's happening. You can control it. To an extent, you have a ball in your hand and you can control. I'm not saying go out and hit guys, but you could at least let it be known that you know and you're not going to tolerate it. That could be a thing.
3: Altuve, uh, Correa, and Bregman are also guys. They don't get to stand out in the outfield. People slide into them too. So like, there's multiple ways, and they're not big guys. It's not like, ah, you know, if I throw it, Mark McGuire, David Ortiz, like that's a big guy. Like, I'll throw a Bregman and hope he comes out there. Like, let me fight them, too. Yeah.
2: I mean, it'll be interesting to see how how it plays out with them. I just have a feeling there's going to be a lot more things that open up. And well, I think I, there's going to be a lot more of the player implication. And I wouldn't be surprised at some point or another that MLB changes their stance and starts going after players. Well, I think they're, they're going to have to.
3: I think they're going to have to. And I think they have to, like, just cut the deal with the Players Association the same way they do for, like, these domestic uh abuse things. You know, they go and it's known what it's going to be in advance so that these guys aren't appealing cuz they're just like we can't have this hanging out there so it's like we'll give you 81 games, you either don't appeal it or we're going to give you 162, you appeal it and we're going to like ruin your career. So th- I think they have to be making those deals. But I last year remember, you know when the umpiring was just so bad and there were stretches where it was like these guys are so awful But the players can't say anything. And I know that there was a call to the owners that, hey, when we're handing out this penalty, you can't criticize. If you criticize it, you'll get a worse penalty, penalty than the Astros. I kind of wanted one of the owners to just go, try me. Like, try to penalize me for saying you're not doing a good job. I wanted last year for the players, and I said, like, pass the hat around the Yankees clubhouse and have Aaron Judge, the nicest guy in the world, stand there and go, these guys stink. The umpires stink, and we should hold them accountable for stinking so bad, and then just like let the team pay that fine. We're kind of getting that out of these guys like Clevenger and Bauer, and it's funny because they are uh, very good friends, uh, so they're probably teaming up on this behind the scenes, but these players should be holding each other accountable to a certain extent, and I'm glad to see that they're doing it instead of just being like, oh, well, that's how it is.
2: Yeah, and there's been multiple guys, obviously, that are out of baseball at this point with, uh, you know, Tashera talking about it. <laughs> Freaking Jack McDowell talking about a system they used in the 80s. I mean, shit, Ty Cobb was stealing signs by putting a guy on a building behind you with a telescope. So, like, this, this, the sign-stealing thing has not been uh, – it's not. Ty me. Cobb this also is,
3: killed two people.
2: I mean, you could do that back then. You fed him yeah. to his pigs. Yeah. There's things that you could do that you can't get away with today. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of guys that are standing up and talking about this. And I think they should. Honestly, at some point, uh, when you start talking about the competitive balance and get, some guys are doing it, other guys are not, it would piss me off as a competitor knowing that these guys are, are out there cheating. And and I do hope that they uh, they take control of it at some point within this system. But,
3: do again, you think man, they'll be... I, I think at some point we'll see a class action lawsuit. But, from who? Uh, guys who played against these teams and are no longer in baseball. Like Once they know their career's up, There'll be a, like, because you can't do it now.
2: Like the guy that tried to sue the Yankees because Jeter was... Well, that's uh, like, oh, hey, based on potential
3: and that guy is insane because he sued everyone. But for, I'm not saying like as an individual because for a lawyer, (laughs) if you can go out there and you get, I talked about this on George's Box, which comes out every Wednesdays and you should listen, um, that like when Red Bull, there was a a class action lawsuit because Red Bull doesn't actually give you wings. And it was like a hundred million dollars or like something like that. And I got like $2 and 60 cents and a four pack of Red Bull. Cause I just went online and said like, Oh yeah, I drink Red Bull. Um, I thought about like, wings. wings. but some law firm got, you know, $20 million or whatever it is. Like they get their piece. So why not take these shots? The same thing that happens with like NFL um, with the concussion stuff, pro wrestling concussion stuff. I think in three or four years, you can go around and you could find like five guys who are no longer in baseball, and maybe they got sent down not long after facing the Astros. And there's a lawsuit, maybe.
2: possibly. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. There's lawsuits for coffee being too hot too. So there's a there's a, a whole myriad of things that can happen with that. Um, before we finish wrapping up the show, the I think you know this this whole thing is beating to death. Obviously, now baseball, I can't believe they haven't done it. But we said this earlier; they have not issued anything with Cora as of the time we recorded. So we have no idea what his penalty is going to be. It seems like it's going to be harsh, but apparently they're wrapping up the investigation for 2018 as well. And they wanted to wait till they have all the information. Why not release all the stuff at one time? But whatever, that's just me. God, God, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, get these facts out so that it doesn't linger on forever. Um, But the Red Sox, the, uh, the Astros, and the Mets, all looking for new managers. And we'll see what happens with that. So, as a final thing to wrap up, I want to get to a couple actual Yankee questions so that we can end this on a Yankees note uh, that's a little bit more around the team. And first one will be from Drew P. He says If Gardner is a Yankee through 2021, will having comparable performances, while having comparable performances to 2019 and 20, Uh, Ed 21, do you see him as a Monument Park honoree slash number retiree? If it were my decision, probably not. They gave us several of these recently, so at the pace there won't be any numbers left. But with a new contract and a possible uh, two more years, given Gardner has displayed leadership for the Yankees for more than a decade, is somewhere around the top of 20 to 25 in several offensive categories for the franchise, has been a great outfielder and contributed to one and in parentheses hopefully three after these two years championships. I think there's at least a discussion. So, what are your thoughts on that?
3: Well, I think we're starting off by saying if old guard, old balls Gardner can have his best career his best career years again for the next two years, which is probably not likely to happen. Does he go into monument park? Maybe if he has three world series and the last three years of his career end up being the the best three years of his career, then yeah, there's a good chance. But I think a big part of deciding who goes into monument park uh, and numbers retired, especially like for the recent ones is like, how's the team doing? Because when we, when we were bad and not making the playoffs, That's when you trot, you know, players out there when it's the team's playing poorly. uh, We're actually losing guys to retirement like your Jeter's, your Moe's and things like that. That's when you retire Bernie Williams jersey, uh, you know, the first Sunday of Super Bowl of football season. Like it's all tied to a calendar. It's all marketing. Like none of it really matters anymore. I think Brett Gardner has been a good Yankee, but I wouldn't put him in Monument Park, even if they win the next two World Series.
2: Yeah, I mean I, I think it will have. I mean, I don't if you look at the numbers and you uh you want to say that he doesn't belong out there. I can fully fully support that. Do I think the Yankees will do it? I think if they win another World Series uh, with him on the team as that guy that I think they will. Uh just because of the I also believe that it would, I think it would be like five years the thing, so.
3: They're not going to rush it like they rushed I don't know it like, won't happen because they just didn't have we had nothing on the field.
2: It happened for a while. it happened a long time after for Paul O'Neill. Like I, I see it similar in that sense, where he's a beloved Yankee, because that that that's a real thing. Like fans love Brett Gardner. He's a, a workman type guy. He you know he's got the pulse of the team, and in the, in the sense that uh, you know he's out there and hustles and, and and busts his butt, and fans love him. I think that does go into the uh, playing. So I think they have to win still. They have to win one more at least, uh, and if that happens, I definitely could see it. I don't think his relationship
3: with the organization after would <laughs> actually play a role too, because if Paul O'Neill just went back to Ohio and just stayed in Ohio, I don't think like we miss him as much. But because he started off doing a handful of games and it grew and he's become like this great announcer, I think that played into it because like we hear him every day. Yeah.
2: I mean that, I'm sure that's that's part of it too. Like if Gardner uh, goes
3: back to South Carolina or North Carolina, wherever it is he's from, and we never hear from him again you know, I don't think he gets there. And
2: that's probably the most likely scenario. I yeah. feel like he's going to go back to the farm and, and, uh, you know, do do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, next one is from where are we here? Oh, talking about, uh, this is Dan. There's a, there's a bunch of questions that you guys asked about the suspensions. Uh, we pretty much talked about all this stuff. Uh, so I appreciate it. Taylor, Joe, Alex, uh, Ricardo, you guys asked a bunch of questions, but we, we essentially talked about all that stuff in there. So uh, I'm not going to go back through that. Uh, Dan asks, with the offseason winding down only a few holes to fill the roster, is there any chance the Yankees signed Brock Holt? Uh, he's versatile around the field, which the Yankees organization loves, and he's a much better option than Wade offensively. Uh, he can, uh, he and his batting average in OPD last year was 297 slash 369, has a career 271, 340. Uh, so, yeah. Do you see Brock Holt as a New York Yankee in 2020?
3: Probably not. I met his wife one time. She's very nice and she's very hot. Um, uh, Depending on, like, what's out there. So I, I talked about this on George's box as well, uh, that I think the Yankees – I don't know that Tyler Wade is, like, our backup infielder. I think Tyler Wade's the backup plan for being the backup infielder. And then – as we go through spring training, there'll be a veteran who becomes available from somewhere else. And, you know, Cashman may make, you know, some kind of like weird deal. If Brock Holt still only wants to make like four million dollars, like I think that'd be a good signing. He is very versatile. He plays all over the infield, which is, you know, he's not uh he's not gonna be DJ LeMayhew, but that was a big thing that DJ gave us last year is that he could play all over the infield. And if we probably needed, you know, could play some outfield, Holt has played in the outfield. His kid is really cute, and they make really good videos on social media, which, like, for us, like, that's good. That's blogs. So, you know, I'm for it, but I just don't know that that's the move that is going to be made. He just never, you know, behind Pedroia for a while, um, and just the way that, that team, like, that organization shifted, he just never really got the full shot. But the one time he played over 120 games, he was an all-star.
2: Yeah. I just don't think the the Yankees need a player like that right now. I think that I mean, I'm a everybody knows this. I'm a Tyler Wood fan. I think that he can play a very significant role in the team. I don't think he has to be the guy the 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 Rock hole is. And honestly, I like the fact that um when we saw Tyro Strata come up, he could play multiple positions himself. He started playing in the outfield. He plays a very similar role to what you see with Brock Holt. and, you know, I, I don't see the, the the big upside for that money when you have a guy like Estrada and uh, a guy like Tyler Wade who are making you know practically nothing and controlled and are younger and uh, you know don't have the the Red Sox thing over them either and like there's just a whole other level of, of we don't need him I think and I don't think the Yankees are going to go out and I, maybe they sign somebody uh, to a a veteran deal to to up the competition level but I do see Tyler Wade who I think made strides at the end of last year. Um, and, and then you know, I think he's one of the best defenders in the in the organization. And then Estrada also, who saw you know, there's more of an offensive prowess from him, but he could play multiple positions himself. So I don't think the need to go outside the organization anymore for for that guy. I think they have that guy.
3: So. I I never, I just never think Cashman's done.
2: Yeah, I mean that's probably probably true. That it wouldn't surprise me if they brought in somebody, but a guy like Holt, I feel like could be a starter somewhere. I, I don't think that's he fits this team. Yeah,
3: yeah that's the thing. I don't think he's going to want like backup. Like, uh, maybe I'll find a spot if someone gets injured money.
2: Yeah. Um, all right, last thing that we're going to talk quickly is uh, is just Derek Jeter. There's a big announcement coming out. You're listening to this on Monday. Uh, Tuesday, there is a Hall of Fame announcement. Uh, Andrew and I already recorded a special episode that's going to be breaking down uh, what we've ranked as the top five Derek Jeter moments in his career. Not an easy thing to do considering uh, the captain who is – you know, an icon in the city, an icon in baseball, uh, had so many of these moments. To to label them down to five was was a tough thing to do. Personally, like you could take these five and probably mix them, and match them in different ways, and you probably wouldn't be wrong. But we did it. We uh we, we made a, a a round of five. So that podcast episode will be coming out tomorrow. We talked about the entire thing, and then we made some videos uh, for each of the. Uh, of the five uh, of you know things that happened in his career that were big moments. So look forward to that. You'll get a, a bonus episode coming out tomorrow. I'm excited for it. I hope he gets 100%. Probably not going to get 100%, but now, ever since Mo broke that barrier, do you think there's a chance?
3: Yeah, well, I think... So I think they almost have to do it for a guy like Jeter because there's no... Are there better players than Derek Jeter that didn't get unanimously put in the Hall of Fame? Yes. But... Because of stupid rules like that or or stupid mentalities of like, well, Babe Ruth didn't get it, so no one should get it. People take the Hall of Fame less seriously. People care less in general about the Hall of Fame because it's – and, you know, you've got guys who are – who was it? Jay Mariotti, like, sold his vote. And now – so he got his vote taken away. Like, the writers themselves are making a mockery of it. So – Like, if you want to be that guy who just said, well, Babe Ruth didn't get it, so, you know, Jeter never did, or, you know, Jeter pushed A Rod over to third base, he's selfish, so he shouldn't be unanimous. Like, you're an (laughs) asshole. But I don't think Jeter cares either way. Uh, Jeter does not care. He doesn't care at all. Like, if he's in, he's in, Uh, which actually brings a question for me. So, when Jeter retired, you know, five years ago, I could not imagine. Derek Jeter getting into the Hall of Fame and me not being there for it. Right. Now, as uh, I'll be 35, like, when he gets inducted.
2: Sounds exhausting.
3: I would never. (laughs) I could. Why would you do that? Someone asked me, like, hey, are you going? And I went to the Hall of Fame, like, three years ago and was like, all right, I'm definitely going to be back here for Jeter. I would. He is going to be. If he even shows up, you never know with Jeter. He's going to be on a stage. A billion yards away from me, it's gonna be hot. I'm in the middle of nowhere, upstate New York. Probably staying in a hotel like an hour away because there's nothing yeah, not around, and all to just be around a bunch of psychopaths because those yeah. are the people who go to those. So the um, is this I, when you I tell me you're going? You have like no, a family no, no. trip plan?
2: <laughs> I'm not going. I was gonna put. I was. I was going to uh, to get an event and do a bus trip and the whole thing.
3: Yeah, but now Monster but when, Jam.
2: Well, Monster Gym was a big deal, but when you start looking at the logistics of of going there and like what it's, it's it is a nightmare. Uh, trying to get like hotels that are relatively close and decent and decently priced, it's just it's a a lot of these a lot of companies have tours that that go out there and, and set these up, um, but even them they stay outside the the area and you go in. It's just I went there I don't know four or five years ago as well, and uh, it's a beautiful like I love the area. It's beautiful like that area is gorgeous that lake is it looks like it should be in the Caribbean it's so blue it's a gorgeous area if you have a nice day in cooperstown beautiful like take it all in it's fun um but but it's going to be a zoo for for this this weekend and and pretty much every hall of fame I would like to go up there for a hall of fame weekend at some point um and, and do it the right way
3: if a company wants to sponsor us like we'll go make content like then I'll go yeah <laughs> but yeah the idea of going to that it was just a thing that recently hit me. I could never imagine not being there for this. And now I couldn't imagine going there at all.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't think he's going to get 100%. Uh, just basically, it's a flawed system. I, I think you talked about the, the people that don't vote him in just because. But there's also the people that don't vote him in because they know he's going to get in. And they want to keep another guy on the ballot for another year. So they're trying to bump up other people. So the whole system is just broken to me. And, and that. Makes people vote for other people, even though they know uh, that you know Jeter's going to get in anyway. So that's why they're not voting for him. So there's that, that level. It's like voting for the president if you don't think the the vote your vote counts or your vote matters. Like people do that all the time with these uh, with these baseball rules, and it's because a lot of them are trying to keep fringe guys on the ballot for another year to build a case. And Which? I understand that within the but within the rules of the way it happens, if you're if this guy's going to be off the ballot based on those rules like, that's a dumb rule too but and so they have to like change what they're doing and their strategy just to try to get a guy to, to a level where they can c- campaign for him longer i don't know it's just dumb the way that they do it to me is a flawed system so i think the whole thing needs to be redone
3: i think like the the best thing that could happen is a lot of these sports writers die
2: <laughs> well that's a that's a certain level you take like, it to that, that level i'm not it. Ta- like i mean the that's dad, just like we like got to get rid of them going to come into your house is going to murder you
3: I, well, I thought he was going to murder me. He didn't murder me. But <laughs> like, like now I have this dog. No, you can't. You have a dog. I just think, I'm not saying like I'm hoping for death. I'm just saying that, you know, it clear up the highway some. No, there's, people are set in there are certain ways and you have to write, in order to have a vote, you have to have at least a weekly piece in a print publication. It says it in, in print. In 2019, a print publication publication so like a guy like uh i think he's with the daily news now so maybe he has started it but like mike mazio covered the yankees for a while he was with espn now i think he does the mess with daily news like i went to college with him he's been out there doing this for 10 years and he doesn't have a, a vote but like he's he should have a vote being you know 33 years old 10 years of experience whatever it is and he doesn't have it because He's not in print in 2020.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of antiquated things around baseball. That's probably one of them. So um, we could probably do a laundry list of things that they need to change and address and and update. But uh, that is for another podcast that will not be on one that I am speaking about because that sounds like a horrible thing to do. Um, But, guys, thanks very much for for tuning in. JJ, thank you for uh, filling in for Andrew. There was a, uh, you know, I hope this thing goes away. It's not going to, but I'm hoping that we can – kind of dodge it for, uh, for talking about forever, but it just seems like because baseball is making this thing linger on forever, it's going to continue to be in the news, but um, well, you know, I, think know, talk, I talk about George's Box, I, tell I, people where they can follow you and all that too.
3: Well, I, I think one other thing, I said it this week on George's Box, I think the success of John Boy and Jimmy has is going to create such a headache online of people either, everyone's going to be hunting to find the next thing. Like people aren't just watching the game anymore. They all want that next viral video to like get that. And there will also be people who make fake ones who like, like he got accused of adding the bangs, which like the bangs are real, but there'll be someone who does something like that. And it'll become a thing. All the like, get those clicks, get those followers that mean nothing. But you could follow me on Twitter at JJ from the Bronx. Also on Instagram. Uh, I talk a lot of Yankee stuff. I talk a little bit about uh, this dog I rescued, but uh, also, every Wednesday, Bronx Pinchripes has a second podcast, Georgia's Box. Uh, it's back for season two. I have a new co-host that we're going to be announcing. Uh, I've been doing a rotating uh, rotating guest of other Bronx Pinchripes writers. We have a lot of like unique characters that from the outside you don't get to see. Like myself, Scott, Andrew, we're in a chat with them every day. They all have different backgrounds. Last week's episode, I recorded with Karen Vintra, uh, and she works for a megachurch. So, I was in a mega church recording, and I actually listened back and I said cult a lot, like an insulting amount of times. This week, I've got Joe Randazzo, who professionally is a librarian, and I think books are pretty stupid. So, uh, we're kind of bringing out a lot of the different personalities we have. It's less analytical driven than uh, most other podcasts. I'm not trying to. Con- contend with uh tim kirchin we're just having a silly goose time telling some jokes telling some stories and trying to plan this parade for 2020
2: i love it all right guys we'll talk to you next week have a great week and uh talk to you soon
0: believe it or not george isn't at home please leave a message at the beep I must be out, or I pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home. What's up, guys? Dylan from Alaska here. I am so disgusted by MLB right now, with this embarrassing attempt to save face with all this Astro stuff. To say that they investigated 2019 and found nothing—it's so obvious to everybody that Altuve was wearing a wire. Just makes me sick. Being cheated in 17 and 19 aside, if Manfred doesn't do anything to his players, it's going to ruin the game forever. Take the rings. Issue lifetime bans, especially for Bregman's smug ass. Burn Minute Maid Park down to the ground. Throw some Christmas inflatables in the fire too. Let's go, Yanks. Uncle Pete for life.
4: All right, so here I am, Dad. You know, preparing for a baby shower, and I get the news: Astros hand down, well, MLB hand down fines for Astros. And honestly, it's a little disappointing. Five million dollars should have been about twenty-five million dollars draft picks. I want to said five years worth of draft picks should have been should have been taken, and manager as well GM and owner should have been placed... Uh, Well should have been banned for life from baseball to be honest that kind of cheating is unacceptable, you know Can't even play the game right and the fact that the 2017 championship World Series Title is a strip is beyond me. I don't know. I would have dropped the eye fist on there, but That's just me. So I'm walking around Looking at baby shower shit trying to understand trying to understand who decided these punishments because these are half ass punishments. Like, yeah, I wanna to be tough, but not too tough. It's terrible. Depressing.
5: I stopped mid workout to call and talk about this complete and utter bullshit. Okay. We've got like Pete Rose and fucking Barry Bonds and all these people who did like was John John, whatever the fuck his name is, from the Braves, banned, banned from baseball, and these motherfuckers get one year, it's, oh, fire them, that's the end of that, what is this, oh, we're gonna be handing down harsh punishments all month, we're tweeting about how how harsh the punishments are gonna be, oh, Major League Baseball is coming down on them, a fucking year, this is the biggest bullshit ever.
4: Yeah, I want to know why the Astros, uh, players didn't, uh, uh, punish,
1: just, uh, managers. I'm not happy about it.
3: I don't think I could be more pissed off about the whole Astro thing
0: than after this weekend. Seeing those interviews with Altuve and that rat Bregman, seeing them act freaking all cocky as hell still and... Pretty much
3: saying that they're going to ride that wave this whole season of being like the underdogs? Fuck you guys.
0: Fuck you and your cheating assholes. I don't think I could be more pissed off about the whole Astro thing than after this weekend. Seeing those interviews with Altuve and that rat Bregman. Seeing them act freaking all cocky as hell still. And pretty much saying that they're going to ride that wave this whole season of being like the underdogs.